Oh, gotcha. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode, an exciting episode, apparently, <laughs> of Lunch with PB&J. That's Jay. Joy in the hizzy. In the house. Joy in the house. Who's in the house? Remember that song? Mm-hmm. JC. Who's in the house? It's an old, back when dance music was the thing, and there was all these Christian dance groups. That was worldwide message tribe right there. <laughs> Jumping in the house of God. Jump up, jump up. All right, so <laughs> we're talking about parables today. Uh, we're continuing our series on parables, and uh, it's like our camera is tilted. Oh, it's kind of... <laughs> You're just going to have to forget that. It's going to drive me crazy. Probably going to drive some of you crazy, but it's too late now. We're already into this thing. Um, but we are talking about parables. Mm-hmm. Last week, we uh, talked about the parable of the sowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, we are taking on a new parable, which is actually almost like three parables yeah. in one, all discussing the same point. Um, so he discussed fasting, clothes, and wine. Mm-hmm. Fasting and feasting. Um you probably know it from the illustration of the wineskins. Have you been singing the song today? No. <laughs> you haven't? No. Really? Have you? I've been singing today. New wine? Well, he always sings about <laughs> everything. But I thought, okay, I'm surprised. You haven't been singing at all. No. What song am I singing? New wine? Yeah. Yeah. Where there is new Look it up, wine, it's good. <laughs> there is new power. With All right. So Luke chapter five, this is a parable that is found in Matthew, Mark and Luke. And uh, we're going to read from Luke because it gave just a, I think it had one extra verse. (laughs) Had one extra verse, gave just a little bit more. Um, So here's what I'm thinking, Joy. Kind of got to sneeze. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to read it and then we're going to go back and break it down. Gotcha. How's that sound? Yep. Because, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to break up, uh, to go as we go, read it as we go. So I'm just going to read it. Did you tell uh, them It's what just it was? a few, f- few verses. Luke chapter 5, verses 33 to 39, and it says this. One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins, but no one, but yeah, no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Um, (laughs) So. We're going to break it down a little bit. So people came. So basically, here's the idea. Um, it's. It, I don't know if it's an accusation or a question. What do you think? 
I kind of just felt just like it was question, a question, right? I feel yeah. like it's just a question. Because it just says some people. We could jump on them. We could try to throw them under the bus and say, oh, these people are accusing people of everything. I think I, that was I, an I, observation. It, it felt had. like an observation, yeah. and people are trying to understand what's going on. So here's the question, all right, that's posed to Jesus, is they come to him and they say, listen, all these other disciples. And in that day, a disciple, you know, when we think of disciples, we think of Jesus and the 12 disciples. Right. Um, so we automatically think that followers of Jesus, but a disciple was just a student. Mm-hmm. And so all, a lot of uh, teachers of any kind, they all had disciples because they all had students. Mm-hmm. And so you could be, you know, um, just before the time of Jesus was the time of air apostle, I, I do it. I do it every time. I don't know that guy. Uh, Aristotle. <laughs> I think Aristotle is his store. He's the clothing. Yeah. I always do that. Okay, he's gonna Not name Aeropostle. it something funny because of that. <laughs> Aristotle and Socrates. Socrates and Plato, and they all had disciples. These were all philosophers. They all had disciples. So here they're coming and they're saying, "Listen." Uh, the disciples of John, so guys that were following John the Baptist around, and the Pharisees, students of the Pharisees, the Pharisees were teachers of the religious law, uh, of the Jewish law and stuff. They said their disciples are always fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we noticed that yours are always uh, eating and drinking, mm-hmm. which is why I'm a follower <laughs> of Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, and so they said, why, why, what's the difference? Why is that happening? So... Now, I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of I, I read through it real quick in each of the Gospels. I'm not sure if this was necessarily around a specific time of fasting. I didn't see anything. Did my you, commentary did just mentioned that? that it was like regular fasting was something they did like mm-hmm. two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just the fact of regular fasting. So, uh, yeah, under under the Jewish traditions and, and things like mm-hmm. that in the Jewish religion, fasting was very, very common. And so uh, th- they were just making the observance of, you know, these guys, these other disciples of these other religious leaders and yeah. teachers, they're always fasting, but yours are never fasting. What's mm-hmm. the deal with that? Yeah. Um, so I don't think it was. Like, I don't think it was around a specific time of mm-hmm. year uh, because a lot of the feasts and tradition, uh, um, ceremonies and celebrations and things like that, they would have a feast. Yeah. But then there was also times of fasting that would take place fasting. that yeah. called for fasting as well. Yeah. So I don't think it was anything specific that was going on. Um, so then you just look at, well, what is fasting? Mm-hmm. What is it for? Why does it exist? Uh, if you don't know, if that's a, kind of a new term to you. Sorry, I had something in my throat. He's in a weird mood. I'm not. I'm, I'm tired and hungry is actually what it is. <laughs> um, abstaining. So a fast is abstaining from food for a period of time for a, a spiritual purpose. Right. Uh, obviously, today, you know of the diet fad, uh, intermittent fasting, <laughs> um, where you don't eat for a certain period of time, but that's not that's not what this is. Fasting, I always say fasting without prayer is just starving yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a diet, right? Um, so when it talks about fasting in the Bible, especially under uh, Jewish law and traditions and things like that, when Jesus talked about it, because it was something Jesus yeah. talked about, um, it, it has a spiritual purpose. And, uh, you know, 
part of it goes back to the Levitical law. One of the times was during the Day of Atonement. Mm -hmm. So that was the day that people would come and kind of offer sacrifices for their sin. Fasting was a part of that day. Um, There were special times of fasting called for. It was uh, was used as a time of humbling yourself before God. Mm -hmm. And and being closer to God. To be closer to God, to seek direction. Think about it. Um, and some familiar Old Testament stories in Esther, mm-hmm. for example, um, they know that the king is about to pass a decree that would put all the Jews at, at, at risk of being destroyed. And so she calls for the nation of Israel to go on a three-day fast with right. her before she goes and speaks to the king. Right. Daniel is praying for an answer from God, and he prays and fasts for 21 days. That's mm-hmm. where we get the Daniel fast from. Um, so there's there's fasting that's talked about for all different types and reasons, but it really is for spiritual purpose to draw closer to God, mm-hmm. um, to hear from God, to learn from God, to seek God, um, and, and all these different reasons. In the New Testament, if you go to the New Testament, the earliest time that fasting is mentioned in the New Testament is actually right when Jesus is born. Okay. So it talks about two very um, little known prophets. Mm-hmm. Anna and Simeon. Mm-mm. You don't know Anna and Simeon. All right. <laughs> I thought you've talked about them before. No. That's why I, 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 I thought I was setting you up to. No. All right. Um, so it's it's this very small reference right after Jesus is born. There's two prophets. One of them is Anna. It's one of the only female prophets you hear about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anna is there, and it says that she lived out her days in the temple praying and fasting. And so they come, and they speak a blessing over mm-hmm. Jesus. Cool. Yeah. And find that in Luke. All right. Um, so that's that's the earliest. But then we see as you go forward in Jesus' life, obviously the 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus fasted right. when the devil came and tempted him. Uh, he encouraged fasting mm-hmm. in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Right. Uh, those were all things that showed the expectation that Jesus, he expected us to continue in these right. practices. And so... If that's the case, if it's something that he taught on, something that he expected, why didn't his disciples do it? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the question that we're going to answer here. It's a very valid question. If nothing else, it's a very valid question. Um, it's something that he makes clear should be an ongoing practice, but not while he's here. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the answer that he gives. Yeah. And so throughout his ministry, um, Jesus compared his relationship with us to that of a marriage. So here we see it again. I'm going to read the verses again as we go through. We'll break it into three sections. Um, So in verse 34 and 35, it says, Jesus responded to the question, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they'll fast. Yeah. I, I read that, and I thought, like, how silly it would be to go to a wedding. You know, he puts it in this example, but how silly it really would be to go to a wedding, especially one of these Italian weddings where they have all these courses come out one after the other and the the antipasta bar and the this bar the and the, comes all, out and all yeah. this stuff. And to be like, no, no, thank you, I'm fasting. You know, yeah. how What a how terrible ridiculous. time to, to fast. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure the... The groom and bride would be like, um, that's rude. <laughs> well, and also you're not participating in the celebration. Yeah. That's that's why it's yeah. so wrong. I mean, it's he's literally like going that that would be ridiculous. Yeah. It would be wrong. Like what is like you say, what a slap in the face yeah. to the groom to not celebrate this joyous occasion. Right. Um, and so Jesus is is saying here, he's like he uses this analogy 
of the fact that yeah, wedding guests don't don't fast while they're celebrating mm-hmm. because it's a time of celebration. Mm-hmm. It's it's um it's feasting, not fasting. <laughs> it's a time of feasting, not fasting. And he shows that it like there's an appropriate time to do it. He's just mm-hmm. saying right now is not the appropriate time to do it. Right. And so he explains and and the meaning behind it because he doesn't go obviously deep into mm-hmm. the explanation, but we can kind of read into what Jesus is saying mm-hmm. here and give the explanation which is the disciples didn't need to fast while they were with Jesus yeah. because they were with Jesus. Yeah. And we just said like what was the point of fasting in the yeah. Old Testament? What was the point of fasting? Why did John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples, why did they continue in the practice of fasting? It was to be closer to God. It was mm-hmm. to seek God. Mm-hmm. Well, who was Jesus? Yeah, yeah. He was God. So I, I find that really cool because even that line where he talks about, you know, did the wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people catch, you know, who he's calling himself, you know? And so it's just this thing. It, all this shows who he, he who he is proclaiming to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're catching that, that then they'll see that. So everything, yeah, everything that they were fasting for, all the reasons that you fasted for, yeah, that was being fulfilled in the moment while they were with Jesus. Right. It was a time of celebration because he was there. What they had been fasting for was to be with God. And here God was in the flesh, in Jesus, to be in communion, to get to, to, to have his wisdom and mm-hmm. his teaching and his guidance and his leading and all those things. It was right there with them. So that season of ministry, mm-hmm. uh, that, that three, three and a half years of ministry that the disciples were with Jesus, it was truly a time of feasting, yeah. not fasting. Yeah. It was a time for them to take in and consume as much of Jesus as they possibly could. Right. Because he was there and he was with them. But then he says in verse 35, however, mm-hmm. someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Mm-hmm. In other words, it, for a season, they didn't need to do it because he was yeah. with them. But there's coming a time where the groom would be taken and then they would need to fast mm-hmm. again. So he's saying, my disciples aren't fasting now because I'm with them. Mm-hmm. But in a minute, I'm going to be taken away and, and then they'll return back to flip fasting a few again. chapters ahead and it happens, you know, yeah. in the sense of like they go into just pure hysteria because he is taken away. Mm-hmm. And it's just this thing of then they're crying out to God and and they need to fast then. They need to pray. They need to you know, do those things because he's not right there with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that statement too because it's a, it's it's prophetic. Even that statement, yeah, you know, is prophetic. So and so then what what happens next in those next few verses that come afterwards is Jesus then rolls into the parable. I, I feel like the yeah. the 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 groom and the feasting is more of an analogy. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what the difference is between analogies but, and metaphors. But what I what I saw but is... But I think it's more of an analogy. What I saw is this thing is like <laughs> it brought up this parable out of a question. Yeah. But you know how Jesus always has this ability to where somebody will ask a question, but then he gets to the deeper meaning of it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the question was, why don't your disciples fast? And to me, it, it you know, you also could say, why do you look different? Mm-hmm. Why are you different? Yeah. Why don't you fit this mold that yeah. we have mm-hmm. of what we think you should be doing, mm-hmm. you know? And as much as maybe they're not like 
accusing them or anything. They're trying to figure it out. Yeah. But it's still that question of why do you not fit the mold, which to me kind of... Well, and I think that's why his answer is a little softer than some of the answers yeah. that you see him give sometimes. Is because I don't feel like it was an accusation against his disciples. Yeah. I feel like it, like you're saying, people noticed there was a difference. Yeah. So what is that difference? Um, why why are they doing it? So Jesus then takes this opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of shift a little. So he gives the answer of, hey. They're not fasting because they're with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what his answer is. There will come a time where I won't be here. They'll go back to fasting again. Mm-hmm. But um, he then uses it as a, a as an opportunity to shift into this parable to explain that there is something new that's happening. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're asking this question is because, hey, your disciples aren't doing what we've always done. Yeah. They're not. They're not following the old traditional ways. They're not following what we've always been taught to do, Mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus then takes the parable, and there's going to be two parables here, about one about clothes and Mm -hmm. one about wine, and he's going to use this this interaction to kind of give this understanding that God, that the understanding of God really is changing. Right. Um, How God interacts with us is changing. And so we're going to see that in these next two, in, in these parables that follow. Um, he was changing the understanding of God, not to mention uh, just even how we're forgiven and how uh, the payment of sin, like all of these things, mm-hmm. like everything, we're coming out of the old covenant and into the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, a shift. And so the Old Testament law had always held this covenant between God and his people. Yeah. There are certain things that needed to be done to be in favor with God and, and uh, you know, life and, and the life and death of Jesus would be the shift in all mm-hmm. of that. And so this was really the beginning of a new era. And I think we have to kind of, you know, you mentioned it one time when you were preaching of every time I read the Bible, I have to kind of put myself in yeah. that scenario to really get the full grasp of what's said. And I think you have to do that because you have to understand they're not, Jesus hasn't died yet. Right. This is not later in Acts where so many things have been explained. This there, this is, he's, he's there to show them. And it, again, it's a short amount of time. It was, you know, three Three and a half years of his teaching. And this is fairly and, early in his ministry. Right. So he's fairly early into his ministry. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's he's not said a lot of super controversial stuff yet. Um, so this really is kind of an introduction to yeah. there's a new thing happening. Yeah. There's a new wind. The winds of change, <laughs> they are a-blowing. All right. So then verse 36, he begins the parable. Uh, or illustration as it says here then Jesus gave them this illustration no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment for when the new garment would uh, for then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment mm-hmm. so um, think of it in practical terms those are the things with the parables of Jesus yeah, they're just practical is they're super practical yeah. that it, you get lost when you try to find the deep, deep <laughs> spiritual meaning. But when you think of it in really practical terms, it helps you to understand yeah. the deep, deep spiritual side of it. And so here is just this idea of if I buy a brand new shirt, if I go to the store and I buy a brand new shirt and I bring it home and my favorite T-shirt that I've had since I was in high school, <laughs> you know, that's 
30 years old and I would wear it all the time and you know it's just a memento but it's thin it's that one that's like super thin you can see right through it but it's so comfy and it's like I go and buy a brand new t-shirt and my old favorite shirt has a hole in it and so I cut a little piece off of the new t-shirt and I sew it onto the old one mm-hmm. um, like who does that mm-hmm. why would I ruin something that's brand new right and perfectly good and so now I've ruined the brand new one yeah. I've sewn it onto the old one where the whole thing is see-through <laughs> even if it's even if it's the same color it doesn't match you yeah. can see that it's like oh those two things don't go together well in one let's get this visual one is worn out yeah and one is brand new. And one is already stretched out. Yeah. Like, I, you know, that's the other thing is, is you know, when you get something that's new, you got to work it in, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine some some jeans or something like that. You get a pair of jeans, you got to wear them a few times to really <laughs> get them stretched out and worn in. And, and or, or maybe a shirt where you wash it a couple times and mm-hmm. it's going to shrink a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, then you put new material on there and try to yeah. wash it. As soon as it get it gets wet and dries out, it's going to it's going to stretch in a different way and it's just going to pull the seams out and it's going to tear. And now you've ruined two perfectly good shirts, (laughs) right? So from a practical standpoint, you don't do it. It just doesn't even make any sense to do it. And that's what Jesus is saying is Mm -hmm. there's a new thing. There's a new thing that's happening. And, 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 and you don't want to, as much as, uh, lost my train of thought there for a second. So Jesus was ushering in this this new freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, that like I think that's the important part to understand. That the illustration is simple, but yeah. but the uh, part of like I, my questions as I'm reading is okay. What do the garments represent? Mm-hmm. What does what does the garments represent? What do you think they represent? I feel like the garments <laughs> represent the covenant, the new covenant. Yeah. So you have in the Old Testament, I have the old covenant, and you know I'm. Again, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was, you know, the laws that, um, the Mosaic laws and and all that. And you have uh, the Old Covenant where they would have to go and sacrifice an animal and that would be the payment for their sin. But then you have the New Covenant and that's what Jesus is basically teaching and living out. And then he he, he fulfills that when he Mm -hmm. goes and dies on the cross. So it's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And that's what he's saying um, to me, the garment, that mm-hmm. would be the illustration of the garment, yeah. is that covenant. It's two different covenants. There's an old one. Yeah. He's not saying there's anything bad about the old one, but he's saying there's a new covenant. But it had holes. But he had, yes. And it you was, couldn't you couldn't flawed. match them. They yeah. were not, how, how would you word that? You couldn't, you, you couldn't, <laughs> how, would you, how would you word that? You it's like, it's kind of, it's like, it's like old technology and new technology yeah. almost, right? Yeah. Like there gets to be a certain point in technology where you just, it doesn't apply to the old yeah. anymore. Like you can't use new software on old equipment. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't do it. My, my commentary, I thought I wrote it down. It was really good, I thought. It says, um, Jesus did not come to patch up or fix the old covenant, but to mm-hmm. establish a new one. Yeah. Because like Ben's saying, there was holes in yeah. the old covenant. Like it was worn out. It was stretched out. It was old. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the thing that, you know, in its time, that's what God provided. Mm-hmm. But it was old, worn out. And so it was this thing of God didn't, Jesus didn't come to patch up the old one. It's this image of he came to bring something brand new. And so it's, it's this, but all, all, and in that, 
you're, you think of the words of Jesus where he said, I didn't come to abolish, abolish the, the law. law right. I didn't come to do away with the old garment. We're not going to burn it. <laughs> We're not going to torch it. All right. I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill, fulfill it. it. Yeah. I came to do what it was actually meant to do. Yeah. The old one didn't work. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it is because it was, it was law. It was rules. It was, you have to, you have to, um, obey these things and nobody could live up to it. And so there was this, this constant having to come in and patch it and mm-hmm. patch it and patch mm-hmm. it and patch it. But Jesus didn't, he said, I didn't come to, uh, you know, I didn't come to fit into the old way of doing things. I came to do something new. Mm-hmm. And there's a finality in that yeah. is the great part about it. And so that. with that, it, it has to be a new thing. Jesus offered something new. Life was in him mm-hmm. and him alone. This is what Jesus was going to start teaching from yeah. here on out is life is in me. If you want new life, yeah. Jesus never offered to fix the old life. He offered you new life. Mm-hmm. This is vital, I think, for us yeah. is we, we sell it on we, we sometimes sell people on Jesus is going to fix your old life. Jesus isn't interested in fixing your <laughs> old life. He's not a patch. Mm-hmm. He's something new. Mm-hmm. He's a new garment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine meeting somebody and their their clothes are just filled with holes? And so you could go, hey, you know what? Give me all your clothes and I'm going to put patches on all your clothes. <laughs> or you could say, you know what? Here's a brand new set of clothes. I used to do that back in the day. <laughs> We would put patches on our jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I got a visual. Yeah. And so Jesus, that that's that's what he's trying to establish here is he is not, a, he's not a patch to be added to the old way. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's not, and, and this is why, and, and I've talked about this before. It's not, uh, salvation is not Jesus and mm-hmm. it's Jesus alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Salvation is. And so this is what happens. Excuse me. Is that under the old system, it was all about laws. And that's what people were used to mm-hmm. uh, is I've got to perform. I've got to live up. I've got to do certain things. I've got to fast. Yeah. I've got to fast. This is how I stay close to God as I humble myself and I fast and I pray and I do all of these things. And Jesus, like those things are good, mm-hmm. but there's going to be something new that's coming. There's yeah. there's something new that's here. And so it's not about adding adding Jesus to the old traditions. Mm-hmm. That's not what it was. Jesus said, it's not about adding me to the old way of doing things. I'm a new way of doing things. And can I just say, I don't know, maybe some people would argue with this statement, but I just feel like, you know, if we look at it, new is better. <laughs> You know, I know we can reminisce and we can think about this or that, but like new is better. You get a new phone is better. You get a new house is better. You get Mm -hmm. a new car. It's better. Like new is better for a reason. Absolutely. Right. And it goes back to that mentality or the thought of just the one had its place and we might have fond memories of it, but it's worn out. Yeah. And, and I just I want to talk about the wine skin for a second, and then we'll we'll come back to this because it all kind of says yeah. the same thing. So, but I, I I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna jump over myself if I don't <laughs> go ahead and read it. So, then the next thing he says in verse 37 to 39, he says, and no one puts new wine skin into old wine skins. So he's just kind of doubling down on the on the parables here. No one puts new wine skin, new wine into old wine skins, for the new wine would burst the wine skins, mm-hmm. spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wine skins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. 
So um, to kind of explain this for a second, all right, and then we'll kind of come back to what we're saying, what the meaning of the parable is. Um, So in that day, wine was not kept in bottles, all right? (laughs) It was, uh, what they would do is they would take goat skin and they would sew it together to form like a watertight bottle mm-hmm. um and so it was, it was and they would call it a wine skin because they put the wine in there mm-hmm. but what would happen is they would pour new wine into a new wine skin and then they would leave it in there and as it fermented it would expand mm-hmm. and it would stretch create out. that air and it would stretch out the wine skin but it was okay because it was a new wine skin so it had some give to it <laughs> it had room to grow mm-hmm. it had room to expand like all right but then what would happen is if you took that already stretched out wineskin and if you chugged that down and got done and then poured new wine into the already used um, wineskin and bottled it up, when that new wine tried to expand, yeah. it would just split the old one. Yeah. It couldn't take it. Yeah. It wouldn't contain it. So new wine had to be put into new wineskin yeah. or it would burst, it would rupture. Yeah. And so again, Jesus is explaining that I didn't I didn't come to to patch up the old religious system mm-hmm. of Judaism. And while it was good for a, a season, mm-hmm. it was God's plan for a season of time, it couldn't contain the new message of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The old way of doing things couldn't contain the new message because the the new the old system was if you sin you have to make a sacrifice and you have to go and raise the animal and yeah. you have to bring the animal to the priest and the priest has to bring it in and inspect it and bless it and then you have to bring that up to the altar and you got to slit that and it's all got to be done a certain way at a certain time and all these different things and then you have to go out and if you sin again then you have to go through that whole thing mm-hmm. all over again and it's like there was all these steps and things mm-hmm. and then Jesus came and he's going to lay down his life yeah. for the forgiveness of sin that's the new covenant is that if anyone would believe in jesus then they would be saved and forgiven uh the atonement or the price of sin would be paid and and that old way of doing things couldn't hold that message Mm -hmm. because the old way of doing things was so man-made it was Mm -hmm. so rules driven it was made it was just filled with man-made rules and, and and regulations and ideas and jesus was just something new the two were just literally not compatible and so it just did not fit and it wouldn't it literally would have just all blown up (laughs) all right it would have just it just the good news of jesus didn't fit into the rigid legalistic system that was the old law and that's what would happen to these ghost skins is they would get hard they would become hardened as they stretched out and if you tried to it would just crack and it would break and so if you tried to put jesus Mm -hmm. into the old way of doing things it wouldn't stand up to it Mm -hmm. now you could take the idea so this is what's interesting though is you can take the old foundation of the law which was to be in relationship with god god called for holiness Mm -hmm. he called for us to be holy as he is holy. Mm -hmm. He called for purification. That is the foundation of our relationship with God. And so that was the the old, like that's the old thing. And so it's like, you can take that and bring it into Jesus, (laughs) but you can't take Jesus and put it into that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was what Jesus was doing here is, is he saying they just, the two don't, 
They don't mix. They don't mix. Yeah. And even as you're talking, it's making me think about like real life things that happened that it just blew up and was not good. If you go into Acts where it was like Pharisees and people were getting saved and they were believing in Jesus, but they were still trying to implement old laws, old rules, and it was it did not go well. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah. It this was well. the division, yeah. yeah. This was the division of the early church. Paul had to come in and correct it. The division of the early church was constantly, but you're not following the rules. You're yeah. not following the old way of doing things. How come this was, you know, part of the division? How come... Your disciples, yeah. you know, the students of Paul, how come your disciples are eating meat, you know? And and this one's not. This is why Paul had to call Peter out yeah. one day is because Peter was like gorging on meat one day. And then some guys came in from another city. Some of the other believers came in and they didn't eat meat because they were under the old law. Yeah. They were still living under those. those. And so Peter and so Paul calls him a hypocrite. And yeah. like it just it turned bad. But it was because they were all dividing because some were trying to. They were trying to take Jesus mm-hmm. and make it about Jesus and the old way of doing mm-hmm. things. And Jesus is saying, there's a new way. Another example is they were, yes, we believe in Jesus and yes, Jesus, but then no, you have to be, and Jesus saves us, but no, you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were demanding that because that goes back to that old covenant. Yeah. And so it really is Jesus saying, listen, there's there was a season of time for all of those things. Yeah. But there is something new that's happening. And so really when Jesus answers that, they ask the question about fasting. He says, I get it. I understand what you're saying. Right now I'm here. They don't need to fast because everything that you fast for is available to them right now. That's why they're not fasting. And here's the deal, guys. He said, there's something new that's happening. And so you got to learn to get out of your old way of thinking and begin to think in a new way. Mm -hmm. And so... You don't, you don't take the old, and, and I think the easiest way to do this is to kind of bring it into our life today, okay, right. is sometimes what can happen is we can fill our own heads with our own rules and ideas mm-hmm. of what it means to, to bring Jesus into our lives. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of times I feel like we try to cram Jesus into our own concepts. Mm-hmm. And into our own thoughts and honestly, our minds and our understanding of God are so limited, Mm -hmm. they cannot contain what God wants to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's like trying to cram Jesus into very limited, small ways of thinking. So in in looking up, like, I was just looking up, like, what are wineskins? How are they made and all this kind of stuff? How are they used? And one thing that was said that stood out to me is the fact that an old wineskin, it just becomes stretched beyond its limit, like mm-hmm. stretched to its limit, I should say. So an old wineskin is stretched to its limit. And I think that's um, today, like, and how, how do I apply this to my life too? Just the, you know, I have to let God do something new in me and I have to have a new place and make new room for that. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, you know, the old things have just been stretched to their limit and, and we need to make room. That's why I like that word that you used but earlier, just letting God have room to do yeah. that. But we can't do that if we don't have a new uh, way of thinking. If we're not as you a new container yeah. of thinking. <laughs> and what I think what stood out to me as I read this so much today... Um, 
is I started I started just thinking through the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the the uh, the apostles and the mm-hmm. disciples and in, in the early church, and again. I feel like so many people today view Jesus, and I'm just going to use kind of the parable uh, <laughs> metaphors here, the symbolism that Jesus used a little bit. I feel like so many people apply Jesus to their life as a patch, mm-hmm. something to just um, fix a hole in their life. Mm-hmm. And on the surface, and, and, and here's the problem is sometimes as Christians, that's how we present Jesus to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're sad? Hey, Jesus wants to give you joy. Meaning you want help in this one area. Right. And so we're just going to we're going to slap Jesus as a patch over this part of your life. So you just keep wearing that same old ratty shirt of just trying to do things your own way, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to put Jesus put a Jesus patch on this hole in your life right here. Well, the problem is is as Jesus tries to do something, do something, he just begins to tear away at the old life and we're like, "Oh no, this is terrible." And so then the our concept of Jesus gets ruined because it said both garments get ruined, right? right? And so it's like, "Oh no, the the thought our concept of Jesus has gotten ruined because I thought Jesus was just a patch, but the patch isn't holding. Why mm-hmm. isn't the patch holding? It's because your old life is supposed to die." Yeah. Yeah. And and That's really a good verse too. What is that? The whole old things pass away and the whole old things. I'm and thinking that about the, the old man dying. Yeah. The new man. That's the verse I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. So there so that's where I was going with it is is throughout the New Testament, there's we have to start to recognize how much Jesus talks about new life. Yeah. New life. Yeah. New life. New life. It's it's all about new. And I, I've said this a couple times and, and I don't know, some people might get upset with this this idea, but it's been a burden in my heart the last little while for years. And I've grown up that when you come into a prayer time, one of the things you pray for, I mean, you pray for revival. We want revival in our city, revival in our church, revive that, that typically what that means is we want God to bring something back that once was right. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it means. We want to revive it. And I understand we're saying breathe, breathe life back into it again, mm-hmm. but more and more God's just been convicting me of to pray for something new. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't want the old, I want mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Jesus is saying here is he's like, he's like the old was good for what, for what it was for, mm-hmm. like for when it was useful. That's what it was for. That, that, that old wineskin held a purpose. It held the wine that it needed to hold for mm-hmm. that season of life. But now there's new wine mm-hmm. and it needs to go into a new vessel. And so we've got to start seeing Jesus as he's not a patch for a just one broken spot in our life and and he's not um uh, you know he he's not just there to kind of top off our life if you will. i was trying to think of a fluid analogy right he's not he's not just there to top off our life and in that way but it's he's there to give something new mm-hmm. and and so we need to be a new vessel mm-hmm. and and when i think of the wine skin one I really think about what is a wineskin. It holds something. Mm-hmm. It's a container. And so it makes me think about just like, I don't want to take it out of context, but it did make me think of like us being that wineskin. Yeah. And and I want Jesus put into me. And if I don't change my mind and mindset and my attitudes, and if I'm just living in the past and I'm not receiving this new, like 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I'm a container, I, I hold Jesus. And so it's kind of like that personal. Well, I think it's even interesting, and, and I feel like it's... Um... Uh, like I, I, the Gospel of Luke says this a little differently than than Matthew and Mark, but even that last verse where it says, "But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the yeah. new wine. <laughs> the old is just fine," yeah. they say. And how often do we listen, guys? We talk about this all the time in church. Jesus wants to give you new life. Mm-hmm. He wants to give you new life. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like we can say, you know what? I don't know that I want the new life. Mm-hmm. My old life was just fine. I yeah. just want Jesus to be a patch. Yeah. And so we treat Jesus like a patch on the old life. Mm-hmm. But he says, I, I, I want to give you something new. And, and I feel like there's too many of us that fall into that last yeah. category there where it's like, you know, we drink, we've drank the old wine. We've done things a certain way. The way that we conceptualize God, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're comfortable with. And we don't want anything new. We just want God to fit in. We want Jesus to fit into that. You just get this picture of you're, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You're stuck. And I think, you know, that's something that we can look in our own lives and say, you know, do you ever get to that place in your relationship with God where you just, you get stuck and you're like, okay, you know, today is this day and I do this. And today is this day and I do this. And I, and I have my rituals or I have my pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's this thing of you get you get stuck in that. And again, it goes back to what you're saying. God has new God has new things for us in that line of thinking. Um, I was just thinking about all the times that were mentioned where God does talk about like he he, he has new things. So if you go to Isaiah 43, there's a portion where um, it's, it's talking about the promise and the deliverance from Babylon. It starts at 14, but he, he talks about like the freedom that they have from Egypt and, and, and all that. But then God says, but forget all that. Basically don't focus on that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. You do not see it. I have, I will make a way a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. But it just stands out to me as this thing of like, when they exited um, Egypt, like that's amazing what God did. Mm-hmm. In, in all, we know the miracles. We know the parting of the Red Sea and, and that's all amazing. But here, like God's saying, forget about all that. I've got something new for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that sometimes in our in our Christian life, what we can do too is we can think about you mentioned it the other day in a, a small group we were in of thinking about the good old days. Mm-hmm. You know, you get stuck in the good old days. And, and there's nothing wrong because you have these memories of, yes, God, you, you did this in my life. But you can't get so stuck in the good old days. God has something better for you right now. The day yeah. is called today. Like, he's got something for you today. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, if Isaiah, if they're learning that lesson in Isaiah... And then they're learning this lesson here when Jesus, you know, is with them. He's like, I got something new for you. Like, we're still we're still learning that lesson now. Mm-hmm. And we have the blessed, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And he's new in us every day. And he creates, like, new things for us. And so that's, I think that's amazing, too, mm-hmm. is um, you think about, remember when the disciples are upset because Jesus is leaving? And they're like, no, you know, and then he's like, 
no, I've got something better for you. Give you something new. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes when something looks new, we freak out. And yet, when God's trying to give us something and do something in our lives, we have to give Him room mm-hmm. and space. And yeah, I, I think I, I'd leave you with this: is I challenge you to, as you read through the New Testament, especially through the New Testament, absolutely through the New Testament, um, to take special notice of the number of times that it's refer- it, it, we're told that God has something new for us. Mm-hmm. It's a new life. He wants to give us new life. Yeah. Um, and and I th- I'm trying to think of the verse in Hebrews where it talks about not looking back, but looking forward. Yeah. Looking ahead, looking looking towards the things that are to come. Yeah. Like where it's always about moving forward. Yeah. It's always moving forward. It's not staying in the past. It's not looking back. It's it's always looking forward. Mm-hmm. To the new things. And you know sometimes that's challenging because yeah. it's easy to look back. It's easy to remember when. And, it's easy and to live in comfort. Yeah. Like that's the thing is it's I think the old is comfortable. Yeah. Right? It's what we know. It's what we're used to. But he says, I have something new for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just finished with 2 Corinthians 5. Paul says this. He says, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. <laughs> and again, so what he's talking about is there was a time where we just saw Jesus from an earthly point of view. But now that he has died mm-hmm. and risen from the dead, mm-hmm. reappeared to so many of us, how differently we see him. Yeah. How, how, how much better we understand him. Now that we've received him and, and understand him to be the son of God, the Messiah, the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. How much of a different concept we have. And he says in verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new, new person. <laughs> the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Yeah. And so I would just say this, guys, is do not, do not make Jesus simply a patch mm-hmm. on a broken spot in your life, on a torn fragment of your life. He is not a patch. He is a new garment. He wants to clothe us mm-hmm. with garments of righteousness, mm-hmm. right? He wants to clothe us in something yeah. brand new. Don't, don't pour Jesus into your old life. Yeah. And expect your old life to get better. Your old life can't handle what Jesus <laughs> wants to do. He wants to give you new, new life. life. Yeah. All right. So we're not we're not pouring Jesus into our old life. We're not pouring Jesus into into the old way of doing things. It's right. not Jesus and everything that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus and nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's a new a new wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and where there is new wine, there's new power. All right. You got to listen to that song now. All right. Um, that's all I have. Do you, did you have more? No, it's good. You good? All right. Wants to do a new thing, guys. And and I just, I, I think that's, if, if we get anything out of this, yeah. that's what we have to get out of it. Yeah. That's what Jesus was starting to challenge them with, with this parable. Yeah. Is, hey, guys, there's a time and a season for the old uh, for the fasting, it's absolutely it's something that you need to to do. Fasting still something that we're we're called to do today. Jesus said there's going to be a time where you continue to do this, but then he said, hey guys, to under to really understand all of this, you got to get out of your old way of thinking, yeah, and you got to start thinking new, because there's new things that I want to do. There's a new way, mm-hmm. new things, <laughs> new covenant. <laughs> <laughs>
You love. All right. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. You good? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today. As always, if you have questions, comments, anything like that, please let us know all about it. Thank you so much for listening. Do us a favor and uh, share the podcast with somebody else. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please let us know. We'd always love to cover any and every topic. Maybe every topic. <laughs> any. Would. Yeah, we'll do it. I promise you we'll do it. All right? <laughs> so just let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about, and we'll do that. Until next time, thank you for joining us for Lunch with PB&J. Bye, guys.